0: and welcome back to Bavarian Podcast Works for what is actually our first episode of Bavarian Podcast Works flagships season five, because it is technically July. Uh, It is July 3rd at the time of recording, which means that preseason for Bayern Munich has officially started. Obviously, we don't have most of our internationals back, the bulk of our squad back, but we do have some of our new boys already in the fray, some of our youngsters. So, We thought it would be a good place to start Season 5, and today it's just a two-man booth. I know that last week we had three, but today, once again, the dynamic duo is back. I am joined by BFW and BPWs, the one, the only, I need no name, halfway across the globe, putting up with all of my scheduling conflicts. So, in how are you doing on this fine Sunday?
1: I'm doing... Okay, I guess I have a little bit of a headache, which is coming from finally deciding to play Darkus Dungeon. I got it on Steam Summer Sale, and I am suffering from this game. Wow. <laughs>
0: well, do you? I know it's Fourth of July tomorrow, so is this? I'm not sure if that's where where you are. Something where you actually where schools are off or where work is off. Uh, is it it, we don't
1: get that. Holiday? We have it on fifteenth August.
0: Okay. Okay. So. For most of us here stateside, we are looking at a 3-day at weekend. Where I am, it, it's pretty nice out. Myself went for a 10-mile bike ride yesterday. Kind of felt like Julian Nagelsmann and how he's always showing up to Sobern Strasse with like these unique modes of transportation, an electric skateboard. I think he showed up on an electric bike before. He uh he's into motorcycling, but but in, you know, I as you probably know, I am nowhere near as cool as Julian Nagelsmann, as I'm sure you can attest to. I mean, goes without saying, but but anywho i could obviously bash myself and and laugh at myself for the entire podcast but that's not why we're here as much as uh some of you might like to do that so in we got to start this episode with some fresh news it's something that we've heard before and then it kind of went away but now it's back full force and i'm sure a lot of you know what i'm just about to say but cristiano ronaldo transfer rumors so just a little bit of foreground Within the past 72 hours, he has made it very clear that he does want to leave Manchester United this summer. The club itself has remained firm in the stance that they want him to stay at least for another year to fulfill the two-year contract that he signed when he came from Juventus in the big homecoming. Obviously, we all know even if we don't follow Manchester United, because why would you, <laughs> or the Premier League that closely, despite scoring, I think it was 24 goals, um, I think in total, or maybe it was the league. Uh, I think I have that that number Perhaps a little bit wrong, but despite scoring a lot himself, I mean, Manchester United just had a tumultuous season, finished sixth, got knocked out of the Champions League. And basically, in right now, we have it. There are a number of clubs that are interested. Obviously, Bayern Munich has been in the conversation. I think it was just a few days ago, Hassan Salihamadic had said, you know, there's nothing there. There's there's nothing in the rumors linking Ronaldo with us. But I've actually seen something more recent from Fabrizio Romano. I've seen a couple other. Uh, well-known pundits and journalists, you know, um, reciting this information as well. That you know, especially if we wind up offloading Lewandowski to Barcelona and they actually pay up the fifty million one installment that we've been asking for from the get-go for Lewandowski. That you know, if Ronaldo's wages aren't crazy, um, I don't know if it's Jorge or George Mendes, how you technically pronounce his uh, agent's name, but you know, he has said that Bayern Munich is one of the clubs that would we'll be interested in and in if we wind up getting that money that we've asked for and been firm in the stance with for Lewandowski, there is a possibility despite what Brazo recently said that he could come and be the big replacement for Lewandowski. even though we've already got Sadio Mane from Liverpool. I think we all know he's not a like for like number nine, despite being able to play center forward, but in, I am very curious. I think you're going to be very opinionated on this, but I really want to get your two cents on two, two cents on this. Excuse me. What are your thoughts on Ronaldo being linked with us? Do you think he would fit? And, just, just riff on this, because I want to hear what you have to say.
1: Okay, so you asked me two questions, and I'm going to answer the first one in a strange way. Because look, Ronaldo being linked with us does not necessarily mean that we're interested or we're going to get him. Because a lot of this that we've seen in the media so far, it is the work of his agent. The most recent report that everyone is getting worked up about that was released by Duncan Castles, who, as anyone who follows the Premier League knows, he is essentially the guy who Mendes goes to when he needs a press release. So Duncan Castles, he's not a reliable journalist, but when it comes to Mendes' clients, he is getting his information direct from the source. So when he says that Ronaldo wants to leave Manchester United, it is true. It is Basically, a press release from Ronaldo saying that, yes, I want to go. And I can see his perspective on that. I know a lot of Man United fans are upset. Why wouldn't they be? But yeah, Man United's project is so awful. I can see why Ronaldo would want to leave. And I can also see why the links to Bayern Munich are so strong. Because if you're Cristiano Ronaldo wouldn't you want to be at Bayern Munich because you've already been at Real Madrid. They don't want you back. Barcelona are a mess. Manchester City, you don't want to stay in the Premier League because you're going to get heaps of abuse from Man United fans. And Chelsea, they don't seem to be quite interested in you. And Liverpool, again, another team that won't probably be interested. And in League One, PSG, they just assigned Mbappe onto an extension. They already have Neymar, who is again extended. Messi who's already there. Do you really want to be going there to win League one and just be another superstar on already a star-studded bench? So when you consider all of that, that just leaves behind Mine because we are about to lose our biggest star in Robert Lewandowski. And it just makes sense, you know, from an outsider's perspective that Ronaldo would just come in, slot right in. He would be possibly the biggest transfer ever into the Bundesliga. I don't think I can think of anyone bigger than Ronaldo coming to the Bundesliga. And it would be huge for us commercially. And it would obviously make us huge Champions League title contenders, having a gold scorer like Ronaldo, who is proven on the elite level, and someone who is still quite good, even though his numbers have suffered at Juventus and Man United. Because we are. A much better project than both those clubs so based on that i think i can see why ronaldo would want to move to manchester united i can see why his fans keep clamoring for it they keep i i don't remember seeing this many cr7 with a bind jersey edits before yeah this season i mean like all twitter over is the place just, lately on twitter. yeah twitter is just flooded with them so you can see that the cr 7 fanboys are desperate to see their idol go to Man United, and a lot of Bayern Munich fans are also really excited to see someone like him come to our club, especially since Lewandowski is leaving. I think if Lewandowski, the saga wasn't going on, we wouldn't be as receptive to the idea. But yeah, so in that sense, yeah, I think Ronaldo would genuinely, if Bayern were interested, Ronaldo would jump at the chance to come to our club. That being said, do I want him at Bayern? <laughs> there are there are some obvious You know, there are some obvious advantages to having it. First of all, he's a proven goal scorer. Even now, I think he would easily score around 30 goals in the Bundesliga, I think, with the squad that we have right now. And in the Champions League, obviously, we know that Ronaldo is money in the Champions League. I mean, you can't even when he was at Juventus and Man United, those terrible squads couldn't keep him from scoring. So just imagine what he'd do with a squad like ours. It's amazing to think about. And with Lewandowski set to leave, I think Lewandowski genuinely is going to leave at this point with Barcelona, how their bid process is going. I think Lewandowski is going to leave, and therefore Ronaldo would have a ready-made slot on the lineup open for him to just slot into no hassle, no drama, no nothing. But I can see Tom smiling at me right now. But Oh, because I'm ready for the butt. Yeah, so look... Three or four years ago, when Ronaldo went to Juventus, what did Karl-Heinz Rummenigge say about that transfer? He said that Bayern Munich plans for the future, we don't need players like Ronaldo. It would be such a weird backward step to go three or four years down the line, sign an even older, even more spent 37-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo as a stopgap measure when Robert Lewandowski is leaving. The whole reason that Robert Lewandowski is leaving is because we tried to replace him with someone younger in Erling Haaland. Now imagine if after doing that, we annoyed Lewandowski, forced him to go to Barcelona because of that, and then we turn around and sign an even older Cristiano Ronaldo as his replacement. That just doesn't make any sense, okay? And I don't think the board will go for that. If they attempted, it'll be because of the immense exposure Ronaldo brings to both the Bundesliga and both Bayern Munich. But I have to question the concept of exposure as well, because Ronaldo is pretty old now. He does not have many more seasons left in the tank. Let's say charitably, very charitably, three seasons. Three seasons at Bayern Munich, would he really affect our commercial revenues all that much? Now, maybe if he was like 29, 30 years old right now, I would say yeah go for this transfer this would be amazing no qualms about it at all because at 30 Ronaldo was still very much at his peak he and as you can see he had six or seven years left good years left in him but now I think for the short-term game I don't think it's going to happen and the other point is that Man United seem very reluctant to let him go so I imagine that they would demand a decent amount of money for him that would basically make us force us to spend almost all the Lewandowski money on him and i don't think that's a good way to spend our money given that we are also after a new center back and a new dm i think the money can be better spent on those options instead and finally the main reason i don't want ronaldo to come to Bayern munich is that his fanboys will infest our fan base and wrought it from the inside out. I saw it happen to the Juventus fan base and they still haven't recovered. And this happening to the Bayern Munich fan base, which is not amazing by any means i mean like look we have our arguments we have our disagreements but if the ronaldo fanboys are allowed to infiltrate this fan base it will never recover it will never be the same
0: and i don't want that to happen to us and i thought and we I, had a lot when we had uh james rodriguez james, he had oh man, a james massive was, fan base yeah, as well. he was
1: a massive fan base and
0: literally every day
1: on bfw we had to ban Trolls who were (laughs) pro Hamas asking, why isn't Hamas starting? Why does Thomas Mono constantly keep starting? Blah, blah, blah. blah, All that kind of stuff. And Ronaldo, yeah, that would be just the same problem multiplied 10, 20, 100 fold, maybe. That is just like, can you imagine it? I think Chuck would honestly go nuts having to ban all those people. So, yeah, so like, That is my main concern, honestly, the effect on the fan base. I can see that it would be the popularity that Ronaldo brings is honestly a two-edged sword, and you don't want to be on the receiving end of that. And most of us will be on the most of us who are already buying fans will be on the receiving end. I don't see us getting a huge benefit from a Ronaldo transfer.
0: That what you just said right there, you know, with Ronaldo, pretty much anywhere he goes, right, being a two-edged sword, I think pretty much hits the nail on the head because. Just thinking about all of the facts and pieces of information that are out there and on the wall for us, on one side of the coin, yes, what you were speaking about earlier, all the criterion, it does make it seem as if his age aside, the timing is almost tailor made for a move to happen now. It would be massive for the Bundesliga, massive for Bayern Munich, especially after already getting a big name into the league and into Bayern in Sadio Mane from Liverpool. It would be tremendous for the league as a whole, but as you said, Manchester United, knowing the situation, knowing the two-year contract that he signed, he is not going to go for cheap at all, and he is obviously someone who is going to really spike your wage bill. I can't speak specifically to what he makes annually or weekly uh, at Manchester United right now. Um, I know what it might have been back in two thousand, you know, eight and the mid two thousands when back when I used to hate him from tormenting Liverpool all the time, but. <laughs> That's a different story, and that's a way earlier part of his career that I just gloss over in the memory banks because I hated how successful United were in that, in that era. But like you said, too, I mean, especially you consider this will be Julian Nagelsmann's second season. He had a fair share, a very, very fair share, I should say, of his critics. The systems he used, some of the personnel he used, a lot of things went against him with the amount of COVID cases and injuries we had this season. Obviously, that's something that we're always used to, at least the injuries at FC Hollywood would seem to always have at least two to three really bad injuries to key players every season. That's just par for the cure. Excuse me, par for the course here at Fire in Munich. But it just it does like you were just speaking about. I wouldn't want anything. Like Ronaldo, such a high profile player like this coming into the club, being anything that's too disruptive to the building blocks and the progress that we already have. You know, you mentioned Brazo, our front office, and squad planning, squad building, bringing in young, young players, experimenting with uh, new systems, which we'll get into the 4 3 3 a little bit later in this episode, and how certain players would fit in there. But I wouldn't want, obviously, as you said, Ronaldo would probably slot right in, especially assuming Lewandowski is gone. You know, who would that affect? That would obviously mean Mane would, for large parts, have to go wide, whether it's on the right or the left. So one of Colman, Gandabri, Leroy Sané is going to be affected by that. And, you know, as I mentioned, FC Hollywood, someone's going to wind up not being happy because of that, because even with rotations, and you'd have to assume that with his age, Ronaldo isn't going to start all of these games, there would be more uh, a lack of harmony in the dressing room. You know, we speak of a harmonious dressing room all the time, and we've seen, like with Sané, Ganabri, how they can be easily affected by that. And that's something we want to avoid, but it is, it's a very tough thing to juggle. And like our front office in the past has been very reluctant for these big money signings, as you mentioned, what Rumaniga said about um, Ronaldo's move from Real Madrid to Juventus. So it's tough and it is really tough. I, I would hate to be in the front office's shoes if this actually gets really serious and that possibility to sign him really is there dangling in front of our faces. And You know, and I think you're uh, you have something to to add to that, too. So I'll let you go ahead and take the floor.
1: Yeah. So the thing is that you were mentioning the thing about squad harmony and cohesion. And I should point out that the last few squads Ronaldo has been to, he has completely destroyed their harmony and cohesion both times. Okay, when he went to Juventus, he got Allegri fired because Allegri did not vibe with him. And Allegri is a massively experienced, talented manager who has made multiple Champions League finals. Then came, who was it? Uh, who came after that? I think it was Sari. Yeah. Yeah. Sari came and Sari was nowhere, or was it Pierlo? I can't exactly remember. I think Sari, then Pierlo. Yeah. So Sari came. Sari didn't yeah. last. And then Pierlo came. Pierlo didn't last either. Then he went to Man United. Ole. We know that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I don't really rate him much as a manager, but he did seem to have a good thing going in their dressing room, and he did seem to have a nice, tightly-knit cadre of players, and when Ronaldo went there, that seemed to just fall apart, and the entire vibe around Manchester United slowly got worse and worse, and then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he eventually got sacked for that, and then Ralph Ragnick came in, and we know Ralph Ragnick from the Bundesliga, and he is a good coach, and he could not do anything with that squad. And these are all, other than Ole, these are all mostly good, experienced people, people with decent track records. And they were chewed up by a dressing room that had Ronaldo in it. And now we have this very inexperienced young manager in Nagelsmann who is actually younger than much younger than Ronaldo. So yeah, he is. Do we think that Cristiano Ronaldo, the guy that he is, is he going to really respect Nagelsmann? Mm-hmm. And respect him enough to, you know, follow his directions as much as he should. I mean,
0: yeah. there
1: is it a could, chance could, that... like,
0: easily say, "Hey, Julian, what were you doing the first time I won the champions?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, say for example, Nagelsmann wants Ronaldo to press more.
1: How is he going to get him to do that? Like, he's Cristiano Ronaldo, he, and Ronaldo will know this, and he'll also know that if he comes to Bayern Munich, all the eyes will be on him. He might even consider himself slightly bigger than the club. I know that this will get. Lot of how should I say it? A lot of pushback from any Ronaldo fans listening to this, but Ronaldo will put his interests at the top of it. And if Nagelsmann wants him to do something that he doesn't want to do, for example, press more or take a more defensive position or like play off of someone like Sadio Mane or Thomas Muller or whatnot. Will he actually follow those instructions or will he do what he wants? And yeah. then there's also the factor of his agent Jorge Mendes, who we have had dealings with. When Mendez had Hamas at our club and Hamas things weren't going Hamas's way, we literally saw leaks in the press from the dressing room pretty much weekly bashing Nico Kovac for not playing Hamas. And that is something that Nagelsmann may have to deal with if he ever comes across Ronaldo and does not, you know, does not meet. Ronaldo's huge expectations and you you mentioned uh
0: putting him being bigger than the club what is it like he has I I just heard the numbers recently it's like Ronaldo has like 140 some odd Champions League goals and Messi's got like 126 or something like that obviously if Ronaldo stays he's not playing Champions League football next season while Messi is you know that he does not want to get eclipsed by Messi in that department and if he stays at Man United, obviously, he's not going to not going to have any effect on that. Exactly. This season. So that's
1: kind of the reason why he thinks that Bayern Munich would be the best option for him. Because think about it. He pretty much comes in. He can get a massive shot at another at a Bundesliga title. So he'll have the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A and Bundesliga all under his belt. That's huge for his career. On top of that, a very strong chance at a Champions League. I mean, with oh, does any
0: player even have that list of accolades. I know it's like Zlatan comes to mind but obviously Zlatan didn't win the Premier League I think did he Uh, yeah he
1: and he's never been in the Bundesliga so yeah so yeah uh, Ronaldo would be quite legendary for doing that and then there is the other fact that like on the basic level the squad here that at Bayern he can see that we have a top tier squad that most people might say oh there is this weakness that weakness but compare us to the other options that Ronaldo may have. We have an absolute top tier squad and he sees us and he thinks, okay, this is my chance. My last few chances to win the Champions League. I'll go to the Bundesliga and do it there. And I can see that. I can also see this completely ending poorly with our manager falling out with him, our senior players, not liking him very much. And also him creating a bad atmosphere in the dressing room, which has happened in multiple clubs so far. And because of that, because of all of that, I don't want him to come to Bayern. I know there is a massive potential upside, both commercially and competitively, but the potential downsides of doing this just aren't worth it, in my opinion.
0: I know Bayern fans will hate this, but I could also say, in and you know, if you want to react to this slightly, he's no stranger to a goal at the Allianz Arena. You know, he's been there and done that. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As long as
1: he's on side, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it may be now you know that he comes to a, a league if you if you would obviously where i think that the bundesliga is one of the better leagues in europe at handling the ar but maybe if we have him on our side we'll just always get those calls to go in our favor now maybe maybe like maybe not the who good knows? the good offside call juju i know a lot of fans remember was it vidal in who, who oh, did the man. instagram where just, he drew the line on instagram don't remind
1: me of that game
0: <laughs> i i so
1: now I hate that game
0: I, well, I mean yeah. that was that was like social media trolling at its finest before trolling was as big as it was you know the, the, it was like a squiggly like zigzag line that Vidal drew on the picture after yeah. that uh, I think it was 16 or 17 um that that had happened where he was like clearly offside at, at the Bernabeu in that game
1: yeah that did happen the thing is that the other thing about Ronaldo that we didn't even address is that where would he play like we know that he would be coming in for Lewandowski, and he would, we think that he would play as a center forward, right? But Ronaldo has not played as a traditional center forward his career. He's more of kind of like a left forward, and he relies on a center forward, mainly someone like Benzema, or at Juventus he had Higuain, and later on he had, who did he have? I, I can't exactly remember his tenure at Juventus, but he had someone at Juventus to like make space for him to run into and then score. So Morata maybe. Yeah. Morata. Yeah. Morata and Chiesa were at Juventus for him as well. And at Man United guys like Marcial and Rashford and all that guy. He, and Man United, the thing is that they did struggle and they, because they did not really have a true striker to play with Ronaldo. So that's one of the things that we need to watch out for as well. Like, I can see the people thinking, okay, just play on normal 4 Mane, Muller, Ronaldo, and Coman up top. There's no way we won't score. But there is a way, and the way is because Ronaldo is not a true center forward. Muller relies on someone's movement to create space for him to move into. Mane can maybe score on his own, but he has, as we've discussed in earlier podcasts, lost that little bit of explosiveness he had earlier in his career. So he might not be as much of a lone goal threat as he used to be. And Kingsley Coman is not technically a goal threat. He's more of a provider and he will need guys like Ronaldo or Muller to finish the attacks that he starts. So in that kind of a setup, I can see that Cristiano Ronaldo might flourish or he might struggle. It's all up to the way that Ronaldo maybe interacts with Muller and we can't really predict that because Muller is such a unique kind of player that it's hard to predict how someone will interact with him until you see them play together.
0: And you I think in this is a perfect segue to kind of get into what we're going to talk about next and whether this includes Ronaldo or not or whether it includes Lewandowski or not based off of if he stays for another year, goes on strike, eventually goes to Barcelona. I think we both feel that that's pretty much going to wind up happening and is inevitable, but in I know this might sting your ears and make you all, you know, um, hot and fuzzy on the inside with rage. But Nagelsmann in the press recently has made it very clear that he genuinely plans on trying to really transition to a 4-3-3 moving forward. And he kind of wants to make that a staple at Bayern Munich. We've obviously seen it work sometimes at Bayern. We've obviously seen it fail miserably, whether it's Nagelsmann, Jupp Heynckes, Niko Kovac, Carlo Ancelotti, Every manager has tried it, but Nagelsmann is very hell bent on making it, as I said, a staple at Bayern Munich. And with the personnel that we already have on the docket, in there are some players that really thrive in that environment. Some players that really don't. I know that you have also been a, uh, a huge critic of the back three, which he's tried at times. But with the four-three-three in, you know, this is something that Mane is very used to from his time playing under Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. So he'll be very used to it. But in as you mentioned, a four-two-three-one, especially if we had a guy like Ronaldo, would the lineup sort of pick itself as far as the attacking uh, three or four um, on the on the on the tip of the spear, if you will, of that lineup. But in with the four-three-three, three, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of figuring out who's the best option in what position, especially in the midfield and attack. And in. So whether we have Ronaldo or not, whether we have Lewandowski or not, how do you think the 433 is going to work? Are you optimistic about this, perhaps? Or is this something you're still rather pessimistic about based off the personnel that we have and you, you really don't think it's going to work or it's going to take far too long to adjust to? So the 433, I cannot
1: express in words how much I hate the 433 for buying. And I've seen this... Concept floating around on both the blog and on Twitter recently that Bayern Munich should switch to a four three three because most teams that have won the Champions League recently have done it with a four three three. To these people, I need to remind them that the last two coaches that really tried to implement four three three at Bayern, they failed so spectacularly that they got fired within a couple of months of making the switch. Okay. First of all, we had Carlo Ancelotti, and I remember Carlo Ancelotti is getting a lot of praise right now because he just won the Champions League. Back when he got sacked at Bayern, he was awful, and he did not do anything special with his 43 at Bayern. He just tried to make us more balanced. But the problem is that our existing four-two-three-one is an extremely balanced formation. It has everything going for it, and we don't have the personnel or. The DNA to switch to a four-three-three right now, Nagelsmann. I can see why he'd want to switch. I can see how he would plan to implement it, especially if someone like Comrade Liner is signed. But even so, I think it's completely misguided. And this is one of those top lessons that every coach, every new coach, needs to learn when they come to Bayern Munich: that you don't mess with the very basic 4-2-3-1. Otherwise, you're going to get sacked by October, and it's over for you. And I'm really worried about Nagelsmann because these rumors that we have of him switching to a four-three-three or a 3-4-2-1 or whatever these are so like antithetical to the lessons he should have learned last season where he saw that a back four is obviously the best and our standard two-man midfield and four attacker combination is the best for scoring goals for keeping the congestion out of the front out of the final third and all of that okay i don't want to see him tweak with that any more than necessary and I hope this concept of a 4-3-3 is abandoned within preseason itself once we see it in action maybe in the first one or two games because if it isn't and let me just ask you this the main aspects of a 4-3-3 are the midfield three and at the base of the midfield three is the DM who do you think on Bayern Munich's roster will be in that DM position that is where all the trouble starts
0: Uh, naturally, I think that would be Joshua Kimmich. And I think that it would be like you mentioned Conrad Limer. I think that in the three, he would thrive because I think as we've seen with Domenico Tedesco, uh, Jesse Marsh, even, you know, his tenure at Leipzig did not go very well. And then back when Nagelsmann was manager of RB Leipzig, that worked well. And I think that's part of Nagelsmann's preference to the 4-3-3, you mentioned a lot of the Champions League winning teams. I do think it is a very modernized uh, approach. And I mean, I come at that with a little bit of a bias being a Liverpool fan as well, because it works so well for Jurgen Klopp. And for us, it's like Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, and then someone else. Uh, Thiago, when he's fit, Naby Keita sometimes at the base of that three, with Fabinho being that natural holding midfielder and I think being one of the best ball winners uh, in European football. And likewise, I think Kimmich, can do the same. And I actually think Kimmich is a little bit better than Fabinho with the ball at his feet too. And some of his range of passing, as we think we all know, I always, you know, really rave about Kimmich's long diagonals. I think he's one of the best in the world at pinging those passes across. And, you know, I think he brings that right intensity and that ball winning. But I mean, Nagelsmann knowing Limer, I mean, I know uh, I had written an article recently about Conrad Limer, and part of what Nagelsmann loves about him is his off the ball movements and his ball winning uh, attributes. So... Um, and I think Land Goretzka, most of us would agree he's more of a box to box player. Um, Gravenberg, I'm obviously not as familiar with, but we're going to give some looks at him in preseason and see how he works into the squad. But I think he can be that CDM if he needs to be, if it's not Kimmich. But yeah, so answer your question, I think Kimmich would definitely be at the base um, and that CDM. I mean, I really like in midfield, I really don't think there's anywhere Kimmich can't play. Um and he can also obviously play right back as well but we already have the depth there we really don't want to need to have to resort to that or revert to that i should say so i think kimmick is going to be uh the person at the base of that midfield i mean would you say the same thing so
1: i think kimmick would be if we switched to a 43 i think also Goretzka would be one of the central midfielders at the other central midfielder spot that's where the trouble starts tell me do you think it would be Thomas Muller in that central midfielder spot or
0: Conrad Limer, if Conrad Limer were to be signed. Oh, that is tough. I mean, if Limer was to be signed, I think eventually he would integrate in and it would be him, because I do think he's a great ball winner. But it's so funny. Like yesterday when I tweeted that I was playing FIFA, and I, I always I don't really do career mode as often. I like to like play matches that are actually coming up for both Bayern and Liverpool and then internationals. I'll mess around. But I did legendary AI yesterday. And if you had seen the picture, I had uh, Kimmich and then Goretzka kind of at a base because I, I did play a 4-3-3 three, three just to see because I was like, okay, I'm assuming Lewandowski is going to be gone and I'm assuming Mane is going to play as that false nine. So I had him there. I think I had uh, Sané on the left and Coman on the right. And I actually wound up moving Muller up a little bit in the 4-3-3. Three, three. It kind of, if you can see, I know we're on a Zoom call here, but you know you have uh, one here, one uh, a little bit slightly retreated and the six and then one. So it almost kind of creates like a... Uh, a non-closed triangle, if you will. And I just moved Muller like a further of the way up and kind of reverted him to a a CAM and gave him different responsibilities for tracking and movement. And it worked really well, obviously on Legendary AI, I wound up winning 3-1. But I think Muller can play that because I think he can create spaces in between that line, the midfield line and in the attacking line, whoever the front three is going to be. So he can be very effective in that. Area. And I know you'll probably be the first ones to hound me if I say, well, M- Muller can also play on the right or the left in that front three if he really needs to. But with the players that we have available in those positions, it would seem like a waste not to use either of those guys in Coman, Sane, Ganabri, if it is Mane too, uh, in those positions. Like it, it just seems stupid to do that. And obviously, the four through three instead of the four, two, three, one takes away one of those spots where Muller normally operates just behind the striker in his most effective position, as we've seen. Uh, behind Lewandowski in most of these seasons at Bayern Munich, but that's a tough one, and that's actually a really good question that I didn't even know you were going to ask me. <laughs> but oh, so, yeah, and the f- reason my I, faithfulness, it- I, I know that you would rather see yeah. Muller there, but like I know Limer's a great ball winner as well, and it, it might be very beneficial for us, so that's tough. Yeah, so, the thing is that
1: if you don't have Muller in that part of the midfield, what happens to your creativity? Okay, it collapses, and it's fine, you can do without mother's creativity, if you're willing to commit more of your midfield forward to make up for that. And we've seen it over and over again. I'm not blaming you, Tom, because the reasoning you just gave me is the same reasoning we've seen from other coaches before. And they found out that when you switched to a 3 losing that creativity from Thomas Muller in the middle of the park, once you've lost that, you end up moving so much of your Midfield forward to compensate all the benefit in controlling the midfield and covering the defense that is gained by switching to a 433 is lost simply by the lack of creativity. Okay. Oh, yeah. That is when I, that, I would even add to yeah. that,
0: there's bias for me because I'm so used to seeing Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold come up and yeah. add to that creativity. Where while as Davies can do that, we can't really as much say the same for Benjamin Pavard on the right. And we, obviously we know that there's a plan to integrate him into a center back. And obviously we've yet to see what Matt's Raoui can do at that right back position for us. So that'll be a huge part of it too.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we are, yeah, our fullbacks, we don't have um, like someone like Trent Alexander Arnold is the person that really makes that four three three for Liverpool click because he's so intensely creative on that right wing back. I mean, right back, but I kind of call it a wing-back role because he goes forward so much. He's so creative on that length that Klopp can focus on having a more control-oriented midfield and have a setup where Liverpool genuinely dominate the ball and uh, choke out their opponents and still manage to create chances for their wingers. And the thing is that Liverpool also have a completely different system from Bayern Munich because you guys don't play without, like you don't play with a traditional striker. You don't play with a Lewandowski because of that i think there is a advantage you that liverpool have in that they their main goals come from the wings whereas our main goals come from the center and we need that central creative force like thomas Mother to maintain our dominance in an offensive sense now that we've signed Mane, maybe that'll change, but it won't change quick enough for us to completely transition away from the 4331. Even if Lewandowski leaves, I think we will buy a new center forward and we will probably try out Sadio Mane at center forward as well, just to see how we can balance all these different aspects of the game. And on top of that, the other option that people have mentioned is a 433 with Thomas Muller as the center forward instead. And I'm very skeptical. Of such a thing working because I have seen too many games where Thomas Muller is a center forward in a 43 and he's completely taken out of the game. All his beneficial qualities are completely nullified because he doesn't have a center forward next to him taking attention away from him so he can do his usual round or role. He is not a guy who's going to be standing up there like a target man, heading down balls, winning headers, winning aerial duels, winning normal duels, and just getting regular shots on goal that's not what he does he picks and chooses his shots and he's generally a creative force and he likes to play more in the right half space than he does in the box so because of that i don't think i think there's a fundamental lack at Bayern munich of players that can transition successfully into a 433 without us losing something fundamental to our game i'm not explaining it very well or maybe i should do a companion article where I. Like articulate myself better, but basically you can't play without Thomas Muller because you lose creativity and you lose his cohesion and pressing. And if you do play with Thomas Muller in a 4 it will be a setup where you are not using his main talents. And because of that, it'll always be subpar to a 4 3 one Because of that, stick with a 4 do not switch to a 4 and definitely don't switch to a three-man backline. I hate the three-man
0: backline. Well, and in we could even condense this argument and just say, you know, to make it easier for, for people to understand what you're saying is, okay, uh, let's go last season and as well as 2020-21. We'll pose this question to people. How many times, whether it was uh, Julian Nagelsmann, Hansi Flick, Nico Kovac, how many times have we played without one of a Muller or a striker? Like if it's not Muller, we have Musiala in there, and Lewandowski or Chapo Motang is in there, right? Yeah. How many times have we not played with either Chapo or Levy or Muller, like not very often. If Muller's not in there, we still have one of Lewandowski or Chapo. So that is, I think, like I said, I think you could condense that argument and just say that. And so, like, how yeah. are our players so, going to be yeah, used to that need if there's that so true striker that presence that. up top? Guy, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So we need that true striker presence up top. And with even if Lewandowski leaves, we will probably get some kind of a replacement. We won't be moving forward with someone like Serge Canabri in the striker role. And maybe Sadio Mane could do it for us. We don't know yet. We might see in preseason. But as far as I'm concerned, Sadio Mane has been bought mainly as a winger. And if we do use him as a false nine, Nagelsmann will really have to get creative to make sure the goals keep flowing. Because as far as I'm concerned, false nine tactics are only valuable if you have a hold in the squad and you don't have a true number nine that can really slot in. Otherwise, almost any club that uses a false nine will try and go into the transfer market and find the true number nine for themselves as soon as possible. You look at Manchester City, they scored plenty of goals last season with the false nine setup, but they immediately went out and bought Erling Haaland because, again, playing with a false nine is playing, playing, scoring goals on hard mode. Why would you do that to yourself? You would instead just keep it simple and
0: and it was the main false yeah. nine. I think in uh, Jesus, he scored the least amount of yeah. goals, and now he's off to Arsenal.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to Arsenal, that means you're not a good player. So just imagine <laughs> that. So uh, because Sovereign's of that, gonna hear that. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So the thing is that, like, because of all of that, all these tactical considerations that we just mentioned, like, I don't see the benefit of moving to a four-three-three three this season. Maybe somewhere three or four years down the line when Bayern Munich is completely different as a squad like we have completely different wingers midfielders no more Lewandowski no more Muller when we have done that transition maybe then a coach can decide okay maybe it's time to switch to your but not right now not with the players we have not with the like setup that we have been building towards instead let's just stick with the 4 two, 3 one and let's just please build on what we've seen instead of trying to make another revolution for the umpteenth time
0: yeah because we've know, and we know from history what it's shown us when managers come in and try to revolutionize things at this club uh we see how much it can backfire and you don't exactly at fc bayern munchen have the most slack in the world when it comes to either getting criticism or avoiding it and in you know i think that's a great place to end this episode i really am curious to see in the comment section um, both one, how people feel about a potential Ronaldo transfer. And then two, obviously how they feel about Nagelsmann and Bayern switching to a 4-3-3 or if you know, they think it's going to last or if they think it's just you know meant to fail from the start. But again, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode. Once again, be sure to like, rate and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you use to listen to podcasts and to Bavarian Podcast Works. Be sure to follow us for all... Bayern Munich and German soccer news, obviously at our website, BavarianFootballWorks.com. Follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks. You can find in at BFWN. You can find myself at Tommy Adams 71 if I decide to bump over to my personal account, which I don't do very often. But anywho, thanks again. Uh, and until next time, which will probably be one of Chuck's infamous weekend warm ups. Thanks again for listening. Auf Wiedersehen.